You are listening to Bold Leadership, Episode 19, an interview with Joe Pardo, How to Dream Big and Win. Bold Leadership, the science of winning with your host, Dave Evans. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Dave Evans here. Welcome to the Bold Leadership Podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Bold Leadership Podcast is produced every other Tuesday for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.theevansgp.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud favorites. You can also follow me on Twitter, at The Bold Leader, and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Joe Pardo, a New Jersey-based dreamer, has always believed that society starts with you and that to change society, you must first change how you think. Joe's innate curiosity about people inspired him to start the Motivational Dreamers podcast at www.howtodream.co. He jokingly now considers himself a recorder of dreams. An avid lover of all things Disney, he is also the creator of Adventuratorium, an up-inspired experience. A DJ mix featuring mashup of Disney music and hip-hop instrumentals to the story of Disney's Pixar's Up. Joe and his wife Melissa are also the faces behind the innovative and creative company Monthly Card Club. Joe teaches middle school students how to podcast in an after-school program at www.squadcast.org. He's a coacher, a speaker, a podcaster, a website developer, and all things super. When he's not busy with all of these activities, Joe likes to stay active by running marathons and playing roller hockey. Joe, it is a privilege to have you on Bold Leadership, and I'm stoked to talk to you about your experience. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be here, and uh, I'm glad we were able to connect. I, I love I love leadership um, and talking about leadership, and I think it, it's really important that um, people that, that are supposed to be leaders and supposed to be taking that, that next step above say, uh, middle management, you know, it's important for them to, to be able to step back and learn and continue to learn. I, I could agree more. And what I love about you and what I can see that you have done is that you are challenging the next generation. You are being a servant leader by working in your community and helping young people embrace technology, which is awesome. We need more of that. Well, that's the way I was when I was, you know, I've been building websites and stuff since like 97. And even before then, I was using computers uh, going back to as early as I can remember, which is like 93, 94, uh, maybe even a little bit earlier than that. So so when I was little, because um, I'm I'm only 29, uh, you know, I, I was using computers back then. So it's it's important for me to um, try to to, to teach that to kids that want to learn that. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I will tell you, we're both Mac users. Um, and I will tell you my first Mac was the Apple two E back in the eighties when they first came out. So it's kind of funny now how much things have changed and what we're doing today from basic to the new technologies we're using as far as language and coding. It's really fun. And it's gotten a lot easier if you're out there and you want to learn about it, please take the time. Cause it's, it's fun to do. You know, what's funny is, is I don't think I, I didn't really own my first Mac until like 2007. I was diehard Windows because I was I was a gamer. I mean, that's all I did was play games all the time, but computer games specifically. So, 
you know, for me, it was I never would have touched a Mac. And it's funny because in two, I think in 2005, somebody had told me at a I was DJing somewhere and they were like, look, in three years, you're going to own a Mac. And in just under three years, I took the plunge and haven't looked back. It's crazy how that happens. What is your favorite leadership quote? Don't panic. That is astute and awesome. And it's so, true. so, so for people who don't know, that's from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yep. Uh, it, it's etched in the uh, in in the I think in the front or the back of the book. Um, and it just it, you know it, it, panicking creates so much more stress uh, for you and everybody around you. So it's really important to uh, to just don't panic. Like you you can you can show signs of like okay this isn't good, but but don't panic. I couldn't agree with you more. I have a phrase I use called be a duck. So nobody sees the panic. Be calm at all times. That way the situation stays calm and don't panic from Hitchhiker's Guide is incredible. And that's an incredible book. It's kind of an old book, but it's a great book. I think I read it uh, 20 years ago. But what a, what a fabulous <laughs> quote. Uh, how do you apply this in your day-to-day life and your business and all the things that you're doing out there? Oh, man. All right. So – uh, you know, I, I try to always assess the situation um, the best that I can. You know, I, I mean, you I don't know how much you listen to the the birth podcast, but um, Melissa had had ragged on me a little bit about the fact that um, when when she told me that she was pregnant, I, I you know, I was like, oh, that's that's cool. You know, awesome. <laughs> you know, and, and she was standing there shaking like, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like if I was to get all loud and and. Uh, you know, crazy about it. You know, she's already shaking as it is. Uh, you know, you you want to assess the situation for what it is, and then and then make a as much of a rational decision as you can to give a an appropriate response, um, and not necessarily over exaggerated. I mean, if the camera's on, that's one thing, but but most of us don't always have a camera on to uh, to make a reaction like that. Uh, when it comes to to business and everything like that, um, it's it's easy to get caught up in what somebody else said about you, or uh, you know, co- or, or the work that you're putting out there, and and you know, a lot of times you just have to, uh, you know, take a step back, and and sometimes you not just take a step back, but you um, and I talk about this a lot uh, in in online and stuff like that, but knowing how to hit your reset switch uh, is really important. So. So taking a step back and then in my case, it's watching something funny. So like I'll watch Daniel Tosh on Tosh.0 or South Park or uh, I've been watching a lot of Nathan for you. Have you watched Nathan for you? I have not watched Nathan for you. That's the only one of the shows that you mentioned that I haven't watched actually. you As a business person, you need to watch it. It's hilarious. I mean if you're not in the business or anything like that, then it might not be as funny to you. But as a business person, like <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, you know, and, and, and getting to watch something funny or laying down for 10 minutes, you know, go, go lay, uh, uh, horizontal for, for just 10 minutes. You don't have to necessarily close your eyes, but just to, just, you know, take the pressure off of your body and then you can start to recollect your, yourself and your thoughts. Uh, so then you can, um, come back at something with a more, I, I guess, more in-depth look from a different perspective because I'm always about looking at things from multiple perspectives. I've written about it uh, pretty extensively. So, it, you know, you might not always agree with what, what's being uh, thrown out, but, but again, don't panic, T- 
to, to you know take a step back, um, go and try to relax. However, that is that you you would do so, um, and that's why it's important to figure out what is it that makes you know for you to relax. So you're not just uh, doing something that might not be that good for you. You are well ahead of your peers and have learned something at a very young age that will benefit you hugely in the future. Perspective is an amazing thing. And depending on your position and what you're doing, your perspective is different. So you really, you're right. You really have to take the time to listen and understand others' perspectives if you truly want to get a great answer and be positive in your life because it's not ever that bad. No, it's it's not. And there's I mean, there's people out there with way worse situations that aren't as negative or sad about the situation as you believe that you would be. Right. I mean, there's people that are living, you know, paycheck to paycheck, but they're happier than you are right now for whatever the reason being that you're unhappy. So there it could always be worse and it could be better. You just have to, um, you know, being able to see something from from somebody else's perspective, again, even if you don't agree with it. Um, and, and a lot of time, a lot of times it gets me in trouble when I try explaining something because it, it comes out like I'm playing devil's advocate, but, uh, and they just, it's like, Hey Joe, I'm just looking for some, some support here. And I'm like, yeah, no, I, I agree with you, but I could see where on the other side of things, you know, they, they wouldn't agree with you. And that's why you're at a, a you know, an impasse. In your mind, what's the biggest leadership challenge you have overcome in your life? Okay, so <clears throat> I mean, as of right now, I'm not so much in a leadership role, like in a company per se, right? But if you go back uh, just a year and a half ago, I was running, uh, I was part of running my family's business. It was a twenty million dollar a year operation. Well, really, an enterprise because it's five companies. So um, towards the towards the tail end of that, we ran into a lot of inventory issues, and we were like. And I'm trying to recall the numbers off the top of my head, but it was it was just shy of uh, six million dollars. If I'm I'm pretty sure it was just shy of six million dollars. It was like five point eight or something like that in inventory, and we didn't warrant those kinds of numbers um, in sales. You know what I mean? Like from that from that particular company, because you have to if you understand ROI and and all that, like it all ties into each other. Anyway. Um, I developed a, a, a system with our, our product management company, like our computer system company. And <clears throat> what, what it was able to do was it was able to adjust the min-maxes based upon how much we should have in stock versus uh, how much you, you think you should have in stock. Because uh, what, what, you know, what we found was, was a lot of places, a lot of our stores had large amounts of stock in part numbers that haven't sold in, in years but in their mind, they're still a big seller. So, uh, you know, one thing, and and this is, was a fault to me, and and honestly, I, I felt like it really has. Um, it was a great experience, <laughs> even though at the time I was extremely stressed about it. Um, implementing that system was extremely tough, not from a technical standpoint, but from a let's get everybody on board standpoint. Most of the employees had been there for I, I think the average was a, like a probably close to ten to ten to twelve years. So we had a lot of people who had been in their position for a long time, you know, think they know better than a computer and all that. And in some cases, they do. It's not that they don't, but what you you need to be able to do 
um, especially when you're trying to implement something that says that you're you know you're, what you're saying is wrong or incorrect. Um, you you have to learn how to how to uh, just not just take advice from people that that have been doing it a long time. I mean, in my case, I, I you know at the time I was twenty six. 27 um and these people are you know in their 40s and and 50s so you have to be able to like take what they're saying and and even if they're you know even if what they're saying doesn't match the data that you have so it's not it's not really supporting it uh you have to be able to bend and and that was something that i had to learn um (laughs) because to me it was like hey the numbers don't lie this is what it is it's black and white and it's really important that we get our inventory down because at the end of the day in in just about a year and a half, we we went from five point eight million dollars in inventory down to two point eight. And when you when you're talking to people who, you know, they're in the trenches every day, um, and they hear that, they're like, oh well, we don't have anything on the shelves. And it's like, well, yes and no. We have more of the stuff that we we sell, and less of the stuff that just sits there and, and is dead weight on the company. It's it's a really difficult task to balance uh, some of the arguments that pop up when when trying to do something like that. Culture change and and corporate change and company changes is, is extremely challenging. And the way you handled it sounds like it was perfect. I mean, it, it's hard. No, to it was not perfect. There was a lot of yelling. Uh, I, oh, I'm, I'm certain <laughs> of that. I'm certain. That, but you work you work through it. I, I mean. One of the things I see in companies that we talk to is that there's a lot of young people in companies that have great ideas because their perspective's not skewed by 20 years of doing the same thing. And, and as right. you get older and you get comfortable, the less you want to change and the smarter you think you are, which is not always the case. So I understand the challenge you faced. Well, one of the one of the things we had to do was um, I had to create a way for them to kind of, um, you know, buck the system. And and what we did was we we generated these reports and we sent them to them and said, hey, look, here's 20 pages of stuff that you're that it's calling to bring back to because we had a hub and spoke type company. So we had a central warehouse that that distributed to uh, eight locations. And, you know, it's like, hey, look, you can keep anything you want off the list. You just can't keep the whole list. That was the that was the deal. You know what I mean? And then you could keep it. You won't get any more of it because your your levels have adjusted to say, okay, well, it says you should have zero on your shelf because you haven't sold it. But in your mind, you want to keep at least one on the shelf of this specific part number because you have a customer that only comes in every year and a half or something like that. And I'm like, look, I'm not trying to like, you know, eradicate all dead inventory but like we have an uh, uh, an epidemic here of slow to moving inventory and what we found was when we brought it back in we were able to redistribute it to other stores that actually needed that inventory so instead of reordering brand new stuff you know from the manufacturer so that's that's and really realistically most of that that money that came off our inventory came off in the first 6 to 8 months without even sending anything back to the manufacturers as returns. Nice. So it, yeah, so a lot of it was just like, hey, we're we're down in inventory, but the but that's cuz it's a, you know, it's constantly readjusting itself rather than but the and I guess I should preface this, the old way of doing it was by hand. So sending a report to somebody and then asking them, okay, well, what do you think you should have of each of these and then sending it back to us and us going part number by part number by part number changing their levels of what they should have. That sounds extremely painful. 
It, it, oh, it was. <laughs> it was something that we never wanted to do. And given that there was 150 lines, like so each line could have te- like thousands to tens of thousands of part numbers in it. And then you have it across nine stores. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, there, and there's the office is only like eight people that would be doing this, you know. So it's it, it was it, it was an impossible task to do it any other way at that point. What were your lessons learned or your takeaways from that experience that you're using today to grow your new business? Uh, well, I, I would say, I mean, I've always tried to look at the perspective side of thing, but, um, you know, I, I think after that experience, uh, with some of the, the people there, I, uh, perspective is, is way more important to me than, than it was even before, like even than I believed to myself that it was before that experience. Well, you know what, you know, what's funny is, is, is that company, um, has been sold since then. Right. Um, <laughs> And now all the people that worked for us now work for this other company, and they're a multi-billion-dollar-a-year company, huge. Like they're like the Walmart of of truck parts. And from everything I'm hearing, they're they're more messed up than we were as a you know as a medium-sized business when it comes to having inventory, being able to get inventory, even when we had our 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 dark you know worst of issues in the company. Uh, it, it was tough. And you know another thing that that um really hit me you know now that I'm thinking more than I'm thinking about it is when when we had all this inventory coming back to into the into this warehouse we had I mean it was pallets and pallets and pallets of stuff day in and day out hitting our warehouse and we had to take you know take the stuff check it in or I mean I think at one point we were we were so overburdened we were just like okay we're just going to do a complete inventory once it all once the dust settles. Um, but for a while there I think we were if I recall we were um, checking it all in by hand and it, you know I was back there a lot helping uh, <laughs> putting the stuff on the shelves as well uh, and then at night I was trying to to do all like work basically i was working harder than i've ever worked because all all day i was in the warehouse putting stuff away on the shelves at night i was trying to work on the formula to make it work better based upon the uh input i was getting from from the employees um and of course with that many numbers and part numbers and stuff the system was only so fast so every time i'd make a change it, it took a while to actually make it happen and then go and look at the reports and do all the analysis so, so I was getting up at, you know, being at work at eight and then working till like two in the morning. And the only times I was taking a break was, uh, was I was eating and then going out for a run. Well, so the, it was, it was, a, it was definitely uh, stressful. The runs probably kept you alive because working that hard will kill you. I did it for 22 years and I'm whiteheaded now because of it or almost. At least I'm getting there, man. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell. Yeah. With the, well, with the camera. You, you look good, man. It's, it's all good. What do you see as the biggest leadership challenge you face today or companies around you face today? And how do, how do you think we should address that? Well, I, I think it really comes down to playing to your strengths. Um, with, with my newest venture, I have uh, – it's called Your Dream Platform. It's, a, it's an online school for platform building. And there's a lot of – you know, there's a lot of sites out there that will um, – show you how to do uh, how to build a website and how to do uh, how to get a podcast going and video and all that. Well, I wanted to bring everything into into one house. That's why it's called your dream platform. 
And, you know, playing to your strength, um, something I've never really been good at. And, it, it, you know, it's not because I've uh, really tried all that hard necessarily is to get mass market appeal, right? To necessarily get people into um, to like pay a lot of money for something or or pay really any money. I mean, I, my book, you know, I, I did the um, an ad campaign for that. I mean, it, it moved a bunch of books, you know, like over a thousand books, but it wasn't, you know, that's a it's it's a dollar to ten dollar purchase. So one of the things that I, I felt that was I needed to do was with this school, instead of doing webinars, because I've said for since I pretty much got into the game of podcasting over just about a year and a half ago, that I refused to do webinars. I don't want to do them. I, I when I go in them and I just it's like it, you're just there to be sales pitched to. And and the information that they're giving you is like so basic that if you if you're really learning from it, I mean, you might pick up a couple things. Um, and I, I mean, I could talk about that stuff, but you might pick up a couple things. But by and large, you're pretty much there to be sold on some kind of high purchase product. So that's not that's never been how I wanted to go about it. To me, my strength is one on one relationships. So I was like, okay. Let me let me do this in a way that I can I can create some kind of something different than just a you know just a basic webinar where it's like hey here's my slideshow and I'm going to talk about this and blah 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 blah. Um, so to me, the my approach is to utilize Google Hangouts and or Blab to make that make that happen because I'm able to have people on video. I can have a more personable uh, experience. With those people, rather than just me talking to them, Blab is amazing. I will tell you, it is a great way to connect. It is a great way to to do business, and I'm seeing the same thing in webinars. You know, for nine ninety nine ninety five, you can have all the answers that will make you a millionaire. Um, it, it it is interesting how that market is going. I think webinars are good for some things, uh, but like you, I've watched a number of webinars, and my email inbox is filled daily with. Uh, with requests for purchases from people that I've gone to webinars with. And that's part of their model, and I get it, and it's not that big a deal. But, but I like the Blab idea. Um, I, like the, uh, I like the Google Hangouts idea. I will tell you, they did a pod – did you go to the podcast? Did you watch the podcast Blab event they did about two weeks ago? The, yeah, the conference. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah was, that was great. That was awesome. I mean that, that held my attention for the whole time. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed sitting there watching everybody – Get their perspective, see their faces, get to know who they were. Uh, that was that was really neat. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, no, I, I did. I can't wait till they do it again. Yeah, neither <laughs> can I. So, what what's exciting you about your business today and your new venture you're stepping out on? I mean, you have you just published your second book in October, right? Just in the last couple of weeks. Yep. Um, so, what's exciting you now about the future and where your business business is heading? Well, right. I mean, right now it's it's all about two things. Um, well, mostly mostly two things. I mean, I, I still have all my other stuff, but like it's all about your dream platform, um, helping people build their platform, not based around the idea of you know. I look, I've made money from building platforms over the years. Uh, is it a lot of money? No, it's it's not. Um, but I also haven't really gone out of my way to ever generate a product that was worth 
you know, hundreds or even thousands of dollars as some of these uh, products out there uh, require you to pay. So, so with this, like, I, I really wanted to make something where it, it's a step by step. One of the things I hate, because I, and, and, and that's what I think a lot of people need to do when you're, when you're creating something. And, uh, you know, even talking to, um, was it yesterday? I was just on the phone with Ronnie Del Carmen, who is the um, the co-director for the movie, the Pixar movie Inside Out. And and one of the things that he said, and, and he didn't say it in my interview, but I, you know, going through the interviews was um, basically creating things that you like. Like what you know, you can take feedback from other people, but at the end of the day, it's like, what is it that you like? Because that that's generally what's what's going to help resonate with a lot of other people. And maybe maybe that lot of other people is just a small niche versus a, a huge audience, but it's definitely going to resonate with somebody else because it resonated with you. It made you cry or made you happy or, or something like that. So for me, I was like, hey, there's lots of videos. out. I mean, Michael Hyatt has a whole video about how to get started with WordPress. Well, that's great, but it's like 25 minutes long. And, you know, that's a that's that's a lot of information that you're getting all at once. So to, for me, it was like, hey, how do I do this step by step? I'll just do these short, short videos that enable people to just watch this specific video on how to do this and then move on to the next video on how to do that, like how to do B and then how to do C. And the other great thing about that is, is that if you search, you know, you use the search feature, those videos are going to come up. So so for me, it's like that it just it just make makes sense to have it as a, a step by step video. And, and uh, instead of having this really long, like 20 minute, how you do how do you do it video? Now, with that said, I do have one or two videos um, that are really long. But then I went back after the fact and broke it down step by step. Like how I did it, like how to do this, how to do that. And and you can just work your way through it that way as well. If you're going to talk on camera to anybody for 30 to 40 minutes to an hour, you better be engaging and they better like you or they're going to they're going to shut down. The average human's attention fan is about 18 minutes. So after that, you you, you lose them. I, I think that's at least that's what the studies show. I know it's true with me sometimes, but you're a very engaging person. So that's probably not a challenge for you. Well, you know, I. I <laughs> well, thank you. First off, uh, you know, I, I want to, um, I want it to be, you know, and I want it to be so that that people, you know, you can learn, uh, even if you don't have experience doing it. But now, the thing that that's really exciting about, it, like that's that's all cool and all, but the thing that I'm excited about is I'm bringing on a sixth show for your dream, your dream platform. And it's a video-based show. As you can see, I mean, they can't, you know, listeners can't see, but behind me I have a lighting kit and my tripod. I call it Frankenpod because it has like a teleprompter set up based all, you know, built right into the tripod. Um, and, and the most exciting thing about that is, is I get to be myself. Like when I'm doing these, these interviews and stuff like that, like I, I, you know, I can be myself a little bit, but the, the, the goal is to let my guest shine. So I get to be more creative, do more things, and and just get to be myself in these in these videos, and then I convert those also into um, podcast episodes as well. So to me, that's that's like I'm really excited to be able to to create more video and and do all that. For everyone listening to the podcast, his studio and his equipment's pretty amazing. Uh, I, I will tell you, I'm a little bit jealous. Uh, I got to be honest. <laughs> 
it's a nice setup and nice equipment, and I look forward to the videos. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I do too. <laughs> so here's our lightning round, our rapid fire round, and I like to ask questions, just general business questions uh, to get your feel for who you are and, and what you're about and what you think about the world and where we are today. So first question, what was your biggest fear when accepting your first leadership challenge? I like to be, uh, you know how they say it was like a player's coach. I do. Um, yeah. So, so like I like to, that's, that's more of my style. Like I don't want to yell or scream, uh, or get angry because it's, it's just wasting energy. So, um, for me, my biggest fear was people, you know, taking advantage of the fact that I am kind of lax when it comes to, to being in a leadership role. And, uh, but I, I will say this part the the way that I um, went about it with the with the inventory stuff, and I, I think I meant to, meant to mention this earlier was was surprising to me was I was creating um, fanatical people about what they were doing. They were working their butts off every day uh, to get this inventory on the shelves, and then basically run around and pull the same sh- inventory off the off the shelves that they were putting on the shelves. Uh, the day before, and it, it just surprised me that I was able to uh, cultivate people into this. They were just as fanatical about this inventory management as I was, even though they were just working in the warehouse, working for a little bit more than, say, minimum wage. Uh, but I, I guess my biggest fear was the the idea that I that they would just take advantage of the fact that I was, you know, uh, more in my opinion, more humanistic uh, than, than like my dad. The not screaming and yelling from my experience on the East Coast is not normal. So you, you are a, uh, you're probably a breath of fresh air for the entire team, and they probably really appreciated you and the way you handled things. At least that would be my expectation from what you've told me. Well, um, thank you. I've been told I shouldn't be on, this, on the East Coast. I should be uh, either in Oregon or somewhere you know, in California. <laughs> hey, like, like you say on your website, Change starts with you, so you got to work. True. You got to work with uh, you got to work with everybody to get them there, and and you, there's got to be those those uh, those people that are able to do that for others. If you could choose two websites to obtain all the information needed to become a better business person, a better leader, or a better entrepreneur, what would they be? Two websites to obtain all the information needed. Um. Oh man, I don't. I I well, I guess uh, from an entrepreneur st- state, I don't know because I don't read a whole lot of websites, and it's funny because the websites I do read are like I read Gizmodo, Mac Rumors, like it's all tech related stuff. Would you say those websites help you build your foundation for what you're doing in your bi- business today? How to make good choices and the right purchase decisions and understand the impact of the equipment you're buying or what challenges you may have with other equipment you're looking at buying? So I would say uh, Fast Company is, is a great website for tech and business and design. Uh, I'm, pr- I'm really big into, into design, how things work, how things look, um, not just aesthetically, but you know, um, the function has to be there. It's not just the, the form of it. And another site that uh, for really awesome things is is Lifehacker. You know, they always have something different. I'm always I'm all about like shortening up a process or or how can I make something more effective or 
or something like that. And Lifehacker just always has something for that that uh, tinkerer in me. You just gave me a website I haven't looked at, Lifehacker, so I'm going to check that out. Um, I love process improvement. I love finding better ways to do things. None of us have all of the answers. I, I know that. As I've gotten older, I know, I've realized how not smart I am, which, uh, which is amazing revelation for all of us. What, what would you like to share with the community on what you're doing next? What's exciting you about the future? Where is your company heading? I mean, share with us what, what you see as your future and, and what's hep- happening down the road. All right. Well, I mean, outside of your dream platform, there is I, I well, I speak on uh, on the topic of how to dream, how to figure out what it is that they want to do with their life and uh, take, you know, take that to the next step. Um, the other thing and I, I don't want to get too much into this one, but the other thing that I'm working on is a uh, a party card game that I hope to kickstart sometime early uh, early to mid next year, depending because the baby, you know, the baby's going to be here in March, so I, I might not have as much time to work on that <laughs> as I'd like to. Um, the other projects, I want to do a follow up to Adventuratorium. It's it's going to be two years coming up in April, so at some point, I'd like to. Uh, I, I have a whole bunch of ideas that I want to do on my turntables. As you can see, they're right next to me. <laughs> Um, but I just, it's just time, you know, Adventuratorium took three months day in and day out to produce. And while I, I think that my second project will not be nearly as in depth. Um, I know, I know that saying that and doing that are two totally different things. And finally, the, the other thing that I want to do in 2016 is I want to set up a, um, and I don't know what it's going to look like yet because I haven't given too much uh, thought to it yet because obviously I've been busy with so many other projects. Uh, I want to start up my own nonprofit organization to raise money for you know for making dreams come true. Um, and I haven't figured out exactly what that entails or how I'm going to go about doing it or anything like that. I have a couple team members in mind that I want to work with, but. Uh, it, it's just, you know, that obviously that, I mean, I just named three, four things off the top of my head and who knows what tomorrow brings. Well, that's exciting. You have some great ideas and I will tell you, giving back to your community is the best thing you can do. It builds those relationships and bridges. Um, with that said, if you're looking at a Kickstarter campaign or crowdfunding and you need help, please let us know. Um, I, I can put you in touch with people that will help you out. The crowdfund genius here in Oklahoma city. That's what he does. Uh, and he and I have worked together on a number of things. He's a great guy. It's worth giving his side a look uh, to help you um, with what you're trying to do. It may accelerate your process and take some of the worry off of you. Yeah, no, I, I definitely would love to get – I got to get the product together first, uh, obviously. So I, I have all the, the rules and everything written out in my mind, and I just got to actually go through the process. So maybe hopefully once your dream platform gets underway and, and everything's rolling and, and all that, we'll be, we'll, be, we'll be rocking and rolling towards uh, developing a game. Well, Joe, I want to say congrats first to you and Melissa on your first child. Some rules I'll give you as an old dad. Don't, don't be excited about them talking too soon, walking too so- crawling too soon, or walking too soon because as soon as they do, you're going to want them to stop. That's just old experience talking. Um, <laughs> and, may- and you will do what every husband I know does, uh, every father I know does. You'll wait till the last minute to childproof your house. Avoid the panic. Do it early because before you know it, They'll be walking around and getting into stuff. 
Um, but it's an exciting time. And I will tell you, the biggest joy I have in my life is my kids and my wife. So um, I'm excited for you because I know how much fun it is. And I know the, the adventure you're getting ready to start is going to be the most rewarding adventure you've been on. Um, so well, thank you. I uh, yeah, I, I, th- we've talked about the whole child proofing because, like, you, I mean, you can't see it right now. It's on a tripod, but all my records are on a shelf to, <laughs> to my left. And the shelf, while it's an Ikea shelf, and it's actually two Ikea shelves, but it's not bolted or, or like, you know, tethered to the wall at all. Um, so I know it, 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 while it is extremely heavy, and I, I tend to doubt that anybody could push it over, uh, you know, of, of a child's age, but um, I definitely want to get that tethered to the wall before we get that far. Never underestimate the power of a two-year-old <laughs> or ingenuity. I, yeah. I walked in on my my son, no, my daughter standing on the counter in the kitchen getting cookies when she was two. So I, I don't know how she got up there. I don't know what she did, but she climbed the cabinets, and I was I had to laugh first uh, after I was concerned because it was pretty funny. <laughs> Oh, uh, your your question about leadership advice, or was it the best advice? Yes. Yeah. Do you want to ask that again, or? Sure. What's the best leadership advice you've ever received? <sighs> so it, it it pains me because it came from my grandfather, and it's really not even leadership advice, but it, it is if you take it a certain way. And he he just would always say, uh, just keep stroking. So you know you can't you can't finish everything in one day, and uh, you shouldn't try to beat people over the head trying to to get it as much as i i like to get things done in a hurry and, and as quickly as i possibly can you can't always uh get everything done in one day well i think keep stroking is great leadership advice because it's the right attitude to never give up and keep pushing forward in spite of the challenges you face that's how i take that quote um and your grandfather as most of our grandfathers was a very or is a very wise man um yeah, to give yeah. You that advice Well, Joe, it has been a privilege and a pleasure to have you on Bold Leadership today. Please check out Joe's new book, How to Dream Big and Win, at www.howtodream.co. This is Bold Leadership. Thanks for listening. I am Dave Evans, and this has been Bold Leadership. Follow Bold Leadership on Twitter, at The Bold Leader, and Facebook.com slash The Evans GP. To subscribe to Bold Leadership, visit theevansgp.com slash podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode of Bold Leadership, I would be grateful if you'd leave a review in iTunes. And remember, be bold.